Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. We'll get started here tonight. It's good to see all of you here tonight. God bless you for being here. Praise God. Uh, is, there, is there anybody here that did not get uh, one of these papers talking about your abil- abilities, talents? Anybody? Want to pass? Sunday, they, they passed out some uh, a little questionnaire about your talent and ability, and uh, that's something that we'd like for you to fill out tonight if you have, if you've got it with you. Uh, those of you who, who had it, if you've got it with you tonight, please turn that in. Um, if you forgot to bring it tonight, then please bring it as, as soon as you can, and uh, we're going to take that and compile the information and use that for help for this year. Praise God. We have been, I guess, started off this year with uh, the thought about our becoming awakened to who we are in Christ, uh, an awakening of what God wants us to be. Here, as we work together for his glory and for his benefit. And so, uh, this kind of goes, I guess, continuing that thought. But the Lord has spoken to me uh, just in the last couple of weeks, last three or four weeks actually, uh, about the body. So I want to share some thoughts with you tonight about the body and then we're going to do some prayer at the end of this. When we, when we think about the body, um, there are some pretty amazing scriptures in the New Testament, uh, especially in the epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote concerning the body of Christ. Uh, when he wrote those verses, the Apostle Paul wasn't uh, speaking about the physical or the natural body of Jesus. And I think most of us here realize that. He's not talking about this physical body. Instead, Paul was making an analogy of the similarities that existed between the natural body, which we are able to relate to, and that spiritual body to which we become joined uh, through our acceptance of salvation. So he's making a comparison in these scriptures, using something that we know to help us understand something that we may not be very clear on spiritually. It sounds to me just exactly like the things that Jesus did. He took physical things that we understood and try to bring us to understanding in a spiritual situation by 
making that comparison. And so Paul does the same thing when he talks about the body. The physical body also talking about its relationship to the spiritual body. So as we read the scriptures that we're going to read here in just a little bit, uh, I want us to keep in mind that while Paul talked about various attributes of the human body, his main point is going to be uh, to attempt to enlighten us on the functioning of the spiritual body and the role that we play in that process. That part that we have in the body of Christ. So what are some of the things that Paul spoke about concerning this special spiritual body of Christ? If you have your Bibles, and maybe you might have brought them, maybe you didn't tonight, but um, we're going to read in Romans chapter 12. We're going to read verses uh, 4 and 5. Romans chapter 12 and verses 4 and 5. Paul says here, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Again, Paul's using that analogy of our body, letting us know. But he's also applying that knowledge that we have about our body to the spiritual body. The spiritual body that we're a part of. Then I want us to read here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to read several verses here, verses 12 through 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and starting with verse number 12. For as the body is one and hath many members and all that members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have, have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God has set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have, mo have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, for, suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 
15 and 16. Paul here says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And then the final uh, setting of scripture that I want to read is found in Colossians chapter 3. I want to read verse number 11, and then we're going to read verse number 15. Verse number 11 says, Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And then skipping down to read verse number 15, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. So Paul writes several things where he puts different points when he mentions the body. In the setting that we read in Romans uh, chapter 12, verses 4 through 5, Paul declared that we are a many-membered body. And along with the fact that uh, many members make up the body, we also have to realize that the members are multifaceted. That just means that the many members are not all the same. You have literally trillions of cells that make up the entirety of the body. And yet, not all of those trillions of cells are the same. And when they come together to the different parts, the parts are all different. They're varied. Many members. Different. Different functions. Different parts. That means that while they're not the same, they do not all perform the same role for the body. We have different roles. There are different roles that each part of our body take and are responsible for accomplishing. It indicates to us that the body is a complex and sophisticated structure made up of various parts that that fulfill specific roles For the body, not for themselves, for the body. That's the important point to remember. This is all done by the different parts for the body, not for themselves. And the main point that Paul wants to make here is that these different unique members that are within the body, uh, it, it is exactly for the advancement the increase, the betterment, the blessing of the body to which they're attached. And when they don't work, the body suffers. It's important that they do. So then as we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we read the verses 12 through 27, Paul expands a little more on that idea surrounding the need and the importance of each and every part uh, that makes up the body. Paul says that the body parts which are able to be seen are those high-profile parts of the body. They receive the more abundant honor. What Paul means by saying that is that those higher-profile parts, the parts that are seen, 
are the ones that end up getting the greater attention and the care and the support. It's the high profile parts of the body that we tend to pay special attention to. We wash them. We put creams and lotions and powders and perfumes and colognes on them. We pamper them. We clothe them. We do all of this extra care for the highly visible part of the body. It seems to be more valued. We do all of that because the body understands that the visible outside part of the body represents the entire body. I can't see your liver. I don't want to see your liver. I don't know where your spleen is, and I'm not going to go looking for it. There are, there are parts that are not seen. And when I look at you, I don't look, I don't think of you as a lung or as a heart. I look at you and I see your physical outside. That's what identifies you to me. It means that the way in which they are perceived, talking about the entirety of the body, will determine opinion that is found about the whole body. The way that we are perceived from this outward, this high-profile part of us, the way people see that and perceive it is going to determine their opinion that's formed about the entirety of the body. The presentation reflects upon the entire body, whether good or bad. But what about the larger part of the body? Those parts that are unseen, such as all of the internal organs that make up the various collective systems of the body, the respiratory system, the digestive system, the circulatory system, the nervous system, endocrine system, skeletal system, reproductive system, muscular system, urinary system. We've got a lot of systems going on at one time in our bodies. And the truth is that these unseen and these low profile parts are actually more vital to the body than are those high, high profile parts. For example, can a body live without its feet? Yeah, it can live without its feet. Can a body live without its legs? Yeah. What about without its arms? Without its hands? Sure it can. It can live. It, it can't live as effectively, but it can still live. It can still survive. But when we start looking at those low-profile, unseen parts, what are the results that we find there? Can we live without a heart? No. Well, what about our kidneys? Can we live without them for a short time until dialysis quits and we don't, we're dead from that? What about our lungs? Our intestines? Our stomach? You getting the idea? These internal parts, these unseen parts, these behind the scenes parts 
are actually more vital to the welfare and well-being of the entire body than the high-profile part. That's the point that Paul's making. It's not always what you see that's the most important. Sometimes it's the prayer that goes on in somebody's house that's never heard about, that's never talked about, that's never been discovered. It's somebody visiting somebody, never making a big scene about it, never talking about it. Nobody ever knows it. It's those behind-the-scenes little tasks that go that are really the vital part of the body. I'm going to tell you, it's not the preaching. It's not the teaching. It's not the evangelism. It's not those high-profile parts of the body. It's what each and every one of you who are not a part of that outward stuff, that high-profile part, it's what each and every one of you do that makes that possible. That's what Paul's saying. That's why uh, preachers, teachers, evangelists, whatever, whatever high-profile part you play, don't ever get the big head and think you're the... You're, you know, you're everything that, that is. It, you're the most important thing. That's not true. If it's not for the behind-the-scenes people, this wouldn't happen. This would not take place. That's what Paul said. I'm telling you, every part of the body is important. I don't care how little a part you think you may play, whatever you're doing that nobody else knows that you're doing, it doesn't matter where any, whether anybody knows that you're doing it or not. What's important is that God knows what you're doing and he applies what you're doing to the body, to its well-being. I don't care if it's cleaning toilets. And people may not even know that you're doing that. According to Paul, that's more vital than me getting up here doing what I'm doing. Just saying. Don't think what you're doing isn't important just because it's low profile. It takes you doing what you're doing in order for us to do what we're doing. And then the whole body is blessed by that. All working together. Thank God that whatever we do, God can honor and God can bless. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter. It all has a part, and it's all a part of God's plan. And that's important. It's not about always what we think. It's about what God says is important. Let's go on. Paul wrote about the, the head of the body in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. He said that Christ, as the head of the body, has joined all the various parts together. 
And he's done it in such a way that every part is able to receive its power that it specifically needs in order for it to work properly. That's essential so that as the whole, the body may be brought to a point of full maturity, full growth. And the body of Christ receives its power through the Holy Spirit, which operates through love. We receive our power from the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of love. How often is that subject talked about in the Scripture? A lot. A lot. Because that's what the Spirit of God is all about. Now, when Paul described the position of the head of the body as belonging to Christ, Paul was making a very powerful point. Did you know that every bit of information that is encountered by our senses is sent directly to the head, the brain? Everything that your senses receive goes directly to your brain. That's data. That's information. That information gets shot right straight to the brain, to the head. Now, these individual sensors do not understand the data that they are taking in. That understanding doesn't occur until the head or the brain has analyzed, calculated, and then organized the data into meaningful information. And then that deciphered information is sent back to whatever sense or senses had provided that raw data. What does that mean? This is what it means. The head tells the eyes what they're seeing. Do you know that your eyes, when you're seeing, everything's upside down? Your brain tells you that's not the way it is. This is the way it's supposed to be. And so it automatically flips that image for us. So your eyes are seeing something totally different than what your brain says it's seeing. Your brain is taking the information and telling it this is really what you're seeing. It's not the way you're seeing it. This is how you're seeing it. Your brain is telling you that. It tells your eyes. The, the head tells the fingers and the arms and the legs and the feet what they're feeling. The nose, what the fragrances that it's experiencing. The ears, what the, no, what the noises are that are being heard. And the tongue, what flavors it's tasted. And all of that takes place within thousands of a second. Without the brain, we don't have a clue what's going on. And let me tell you something. In the spiritual world, without the brain, the head, we don't have a clue about what is going on. All we can do is send him the information we're receiving and let him sort it out and then let him tell us this is what's going on. I don't care what the doctors are saying, this is what's really going on. I don't care what that voice is that's been speaking to you and talking in your ear and telling you that you can't do this or you, you'll never be any good, you'll never do that. You, you can't believe that. Let me interpret for you what, you're, what really is going on. 
And that's what we need to be doing. Letting the head accumulate all that data and then send back to us what's really going on. Because we really don't know. When it comes to spiritual things, we really don't know. Not only does the head tell us what we are experiencing, it also informs the body what to do about it. How the body is to respond to what it's encountered. What happens when you put your finger on something hot? If your brain ain't working, you're going to keep your finger right there. Because again, you don't know what you're feeling. That sense is gone. But if the brain is working correctly, it'll tell you, okay, that's hot, get your finger off in a, in a billionth of a second. That's why you don't leave it on there long enough to, to actually do a lot of damage because your, your brain's telling you, idiot, get that off of there. That's not good. What about if you smell something that stinks. Your nose doesn't know it stinks until your brain tells it. Man, that stinks. Leave that alone. All of these things that we take for granted, without the brain, we're nothing. Without the head, we're nothing. The same thing with the spiritual body. Without the head, we're nothing. The head is the center it's the core it's the it's the main thing the head is vital it's vital Christ as our head alone knows how to correctly interpret what we're experiencing we make a bad decision when we face troubling circumstances and we do not inform the head about what we've encountered instead we decide to figure it out on our own been there, done that. When the real thing should be, God, I'm looking at this. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. And I don't know what to make out of it. I don't know what to do about it. What, what should I do? And with God, sometimes you've got to be a little patient because he doesn't always tell you the instant that you ask him the question. But you know what he does? He expects you to wait until he interprets and gives you the answer back before you do anything. And we get impatient and we don't want to wait and then we get in trouble because we're not connected like we need to be connected with the head. We've got to be connected to the head. And yet, that isn't the only thing that the head does for the body. The head is the coordinator for everything that the body needs to accomplish. For example, something as simple as our being hungry. Anybody here ever been hungry? I'm hungry right now. We get hungry, our bodies get hungry, right? It's, it's natural. It's natural. The spiritual body gets hungry too sometimes. It does. 
So it's, it's a natural thing. But without the head, we have problems. For example, something as simple as, as being hungry, it requires a great deal of coordinated effort in order to satisfy that most basic need of the body. And it doesn't matter if you choose to go get fast food or if you choose to fix it at home. Your body is under the control of your mind, of your head. We have, how many of you know we have voluntary parts in us? Things that do things voluntarily that you don't have to think about. And then there's a lot of other parts of us that are involuntary. Your hands, your feet, your legs, all of that, that's, uh, that's involuntary. That means the head has to tell it what to do or it won't do it. Now, your heart beats. It just automatically does that because it's involuntary. Or it's voluntary, I'm sorry. And the thing about that is, even though it's voluntary and it beats, what happens when you get out and run? Well, if your heart just continues to beat at the same pace, damage is done to the body. So what happens? The brain has to tell the heart, hey, dude, you're slacking. Pick up the pace because I've, got some, I've been getting some messages out here from, from the lungs and I've been getting some messages out here from, from different parts of the body telling me that they're not getting enough oxygen, so you need to pick up the pace here. Start beating quicker. That wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the head. But even if you, whatever you're doing to prepare, your, your mind, your, your head has to tell you the steps to take, how to move, what to do. It's all coordinated by the head. We can't do anything without the head. And in the spiritual sense, we can't accomplish anything apart from the head. We can't do it. We've got to have the head. Anything that the body of Christ needs to do or to accomplish can only be successful as we allow our head to instruct us as to what each needs to do in order to make that happen. That is why we each need to have our own personal devotion. We can't wait till we all get together here. Because you're the body whether you're here or whether you're at home or whether you're somewhere else. And if you're just waiting for one point in time to do your thing, the body's going to be hurting, right? What if the heart only wants to beat certain times and says, oh, I'm tired, I'm going to quit for a little bit, uh, put up my sign, I'll start up again here after a while. The body's going to hurt. We can't decide to just do this occasionally. It has to be a daily thing. It has to be a daily time of Connecting with the head. It's the way it works with our physical body and it's the way it works with our spiritual body as well. We have to be connected to the head. That happens for us by our choosing to keep that connection fresh through the avenue of prayer. Because that's our link. 
There's communication happening all of the time within our physical bodies, 24-7, 365. There's communication going in our bodies right now. There's, there's communications taking place that you're not aware of, I'm not aware of. Things are happening inside our body because our mind's telling it to do it. While I'm preoccupied doing this, my brain's taking over doing other things at the same time. You talk about multitasking, the brain multitasks on a huge scale. And even when you're sleeping, guess what? This thing up here is still going strong. It's still firing information. It's still giving you uh, information. It's still sending things to your body, telling your body what to do. The same way with us in the spirit. We've got to see to it that there's a communication happening between ourselves and Christ all the time. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, what does it say? Three words. Pray without ceasing. You mean i got to be on my knees? No. But you've got to be in connection. And you can be in connection with the head without being on your knees in prayer. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are, are pure, whatsoever things are of good report... These things, think on these things. Why? Because that keeps you in a frame of mind that makes it easy for you to connect with the head. When we're thinking good things, positive things, those are things that keep us connected to the head. And as long as we're connected with the head, anytime he needs to tell us something, guess what? We don't have to have a prayer meeting for our, us to get ourselves in a position where we can make that reconnection with him. We're already there. It doesn't take him long to get a hold of us and get our attention and, and to let us know what it is we need to be doing because the body is suffering in some area because we need to be doing something or whatever. He can let us know. He can let us know when another part of the body is hurting we don't know that because we're over here in our own part doing our own thing. But then God can let us know, I need you to do something because what you're doing can help this other part over here, the body that's hurting right now. And this stuff happens inside of us all the time. And it happens all the time within the body of Christ as well. We've got to keep him in our mind and keep him in our thoughts throughout the day. And then finally, we come to what Paul wrote in Colossians 3.11. He speaks to us of the miracle that happens when we're joined to the spiritual body of Christ. Who we were before is no longer who we are now as a part of that special spiritual body. That's what he says. Who we were before had separated us into various divisions one from another. When we were not a part of the body of Christ, we were divided from one another. We were divided by re religious concepts. We were divided by uh, political ideologies. We were divided by, um, could be by, by race. We were divided by Culture, we were divided by all kinds of things. It divided us. It split us apart. It kept us separated. But the beautiful thing is that when we become a part 
of this spiritual body, that's gone. There is no more separation. There's no more division. That's all done away with. It doesn't matter if you're Jew, you're Greek, you're Italian, you're Spanish. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're tall or short. It doesn't matter if you're overweight or if you're skinny. It doesn't matter your hair color. It doesn't matter about what you, what you might believe in the political realm. It doesn't matter anymore. He took that all away. All of that division, all those things that separated us were gone and should stay gone. We should not allow anything to creep back into our body, our spiritual body, to separate us. I don't care what it is. We cannot allow those things back in to separate us again, make divisions among ourselves. Because this is a spiritual body with no division. Where everybody's job is important. Praise God. It doesn't matter your past. We're fully accepted as rightful parts of the glorious body of Christ. And those differences that may have separated us from each other are gone. They've been replaced with brotherhood and unity. Why wouldn't you want to become a part of this? This is a win, 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 win situation for all of us. For all of us. I'm going to hurry on here. In, the, in three of the four scripture settings that we read, Paul also included the mentioning about the giftings or the talents that God disseminated to those within the body. And I want to read here in Romans, again back here in Romans chapter 12. And I want to read verses 6 through 8 here. Paul says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the the, uh, proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And then I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians 12 and verses 4 through 11. It says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will." And then I want to read verse number 28 as well. And it says, And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. These are all talking about giftings. 
These are all talking about giftings. And then I want to read here in Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 11 through 13. It says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. These things that have been mentioned, that are talked about, these giftings, it's not all about the five-fold ministry. This, this ministering is more than fivefold. The giftings are more than fivefold. Helps. It, it mentioned the word helps. You know what helps is? Being a helper. Well, what's that? Being a helper. If somebody needs help, help them. Did you know that's a ministry? That's a gifting? If you see somebody that needs help, offer them help. That's important. How many of you would like to have help on occasion? <laughs> It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Well, there are helpers in the church. That's a ministry. There are organizers, people who are able to organize stuff. That's important. That's not a part of the fivefold ministry. But try to do something without having somebody that organizes stuff for you. What gets done? Nothing. Confusion and chaos. But if you've got somebody that's good at organizational skills, they can get stuff done. There are all kinds of other, uh, other ministries that are part of talents and giftings that God has placed in you that you may not even be aware you've got yet because it's just you. It's just a part of your nature. It's just who you are. You don't even think about it. It's just a natural flow out of you. And so you don't even see that in you. And yet God designed you to have those giftings and to use them for his kingdom and to use them for his glory. And I think it's time that we begin to see that we have giftings that we may not have been aware that we possess. Each possessor of the various giftings is to use that unique gift that God has placed within them for the express purpose of, us, of assisting the body's success in his purpose here on earth. And that's where a fallacy has come in where there are individuals who believe that you don't have to be a part of a church. You don't have to be a part of an assembly. You don't have to be a part of a group. I beg to differ with you. Yes, you do. You can think that you're a part of the body, but you're not a part of the body if you're isolated. If you're separated. And if you don't keep in contact with the head, how's he going to use you for anything? There's a reason we come together. There's a reason we're a part of this thing together. There's a reason we, we pool our resources together here. It's to accomplish something that we couldn't accomplish on our own. But we can accomplish it together.
And God knows that. That's why he's put us together. That's why he's brought us together. That's why he has joined us together. He has joined us together. He has brought us together as it has pleased him. Not about us, it's about him. It's the head who decides what that ultimate ministry of the fully functioning body is to be at any given time. It's not up to us to decide that. It's him. And when we listen to the head, and when we follow the directions and the instructions that he gives us, and we move when he tells us to move, and we stay when he tells us to stay, whatever he tells us to do, if we do that, we may not understand what we're doing. Do you know what? The feet, the legs, the arms, they don't understand what they're doing. They're just doing it because the brain tells them to do it. But what happens when they do it? We move. We go somewhere. We get something done. And when we are willing to listen to the head, and when we're willing to do what the head tells us to do, we're going to move. We're going to get things done. Collectively, together. And that's the whole point of being a part of the body. And that brings us to our little paper here. Man, I said all of that just to say this. My goodness. God help me. The first time I got up and spoke, I spoke for 10 minutes. And I thought, I don't know how I could ever do that again. And now my wife can't get me to shut up when I get up here. She's created a monster. <laughs> but one of the roles of a pastor is to, is to learn the particular talents of those whom he oversees. And, and then he's better able to, to set them where he feels they would be most useful and most productive within the body, within the local assembly. And so uh, they can help uh, assist the local body in achieving its purpose of ministering to the community as God would lead them together. And that's the reason that we've, we've put together this, uh, this little uh, questionnaire about talents that you may have or abilities that you may have. And that's why it's so important tonight. And, and I hope you really feel like that it is important because it really is. If we know uh, some of the talents and some of the abilities that you possess and if we, we can have a record of that when openings happen or when things happen, when we get ready to do something new, we have the, uh, the information that we need to tell us we've got some people we can plug into this. We've got some people that we can put uh, involved in this, get involved in this. And so that's why we've been doing that. That's the reason that we've requested the information. It's, it's going to assist pastor in, in being better able to, uh, to plug people in to where they're going to be uh, helpful and useful for the kingdom here as a part of our, 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 our local assembly. So this is what I would like for us to pray about tonight. I want us to pray that God could help each of us to find our place in the body of Christ this year, for this year. And how many of you know that where he puts you this year may not be where he's going to put you next year? I'm, I'm serious. He may have you bouncing all over the place. I don't know. That's not up to me. But where you are, we need you to be where you need to be this year. And that's, that's what we want to pray about, that God would help each of us find our place in him where we're supposed to be in him for this year. 
and that in finding our place, we would be of a mind to do what we are called to do as a service unto the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord. Because you are doing it unto the Lord. That's precisely who is going to be the benefactor of what we're doing is the Lord. So let's pray tonight. Let's pray that God would help us, each of us, to be open and receptive, to receive whatever direction he would give us to help us to find our place in the body here in Landmark for this year. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God, for what you have invested in in Landmark. The things, God, that you have done for us, the miraculous things that have been a product of your definite help, of your intervention, of your working things out, of your doing things, God, that go above and beyond the norm. You have done so many miracles, God, as a part of this church. You have performed things, God, that have been just absolutely astounding. And you have done some mighty and wonderful things in bringing us all together here tonight, Jesus. And as you've done that, God, we are praying tonight that your spirit would minister to each and every one of our hearts tonight, God, that we could somehow find ourselves open, God, and and searching and looking to the head, looking to, to you, God, the head of all of this tonight, seeking to know where we fit, seeking to know, God, where we are supposed to uh, put ourselves, God, and what we're supposed to be doing in the role that we're supposed to be playing here, God, in Landmark for this year, for this year, God. We trust you, Jesus, to be able to help us, God, to find that place that we are to fill and to do it with our whole heart, to do it, God, because it's our will, because it's our desire, because it's a hunger that's in our heart that we feel, God, we must somehow accomplish. We must somehow, God, become involved in that way. Touch us, God. Help us not to have any fear. Help, I pray, God, there to be no fear attached to any of this, but instead, God, for us to have a boldness a hunger, God, and a desire, Jesus, to step into places that we may not have been before and to do things, God, that you have called us to do this year as a part of this body. Help us, God, not to be uh, frightened of it. Help us, God, not to, uh, to allow ourselves, God, to talk ourselves out of things, but instead, let there be a hunger. Ha-ha, <laughs> Oh, God, let there be a hunger in the hearts tonight. Let there be a spirit, God, that draws us, Lord, that moves in us, Jesus, that helps us to be moved and drawn toward finding out who we are in you tonight for this year. Finding out, God, the role we are to play and to do it no matter where it is, no matter what it takes us, whether it's, it's, it's the, the high... Uh, the high visibility, God, or the low visibility. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter. What it's important, God, is that we're doing it for you and that we're doing it to the best of our ability and we're doing it because you've called us and you've put us there. And help us to be satisfied in that, God. Hallelujah. Until you're willing, ready, God, to call us to something else and to do something else. But for now, God, just help us. Oh, hallelujah. Help us, God, just to be willing to do whatever it is that you have called us and you are calling us to do for this year, that this body may accomplish the things that you're wanting it to accomplish this year, God. In Jesus' name, help us, God. Help us tonight. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us to stay connected to you, Jesus. 
Help us to understand the importance of prayer. Help us, God, to take advantage of that connection that we can make with you each and every day in prayer that keeps us close to you, that keeps us, God, in tune with you, that keeps us, God, in a situation where you can speak to us in a moment. Help us, God. We need you, head, the head of the body, that one which gives us the direction we need, the help and the strength, and all together, God, all that we need. We seek your counsel. We seek your wisdom. We seek your help. Touch us, God, tonight, we pray. Anoint us tonight, God, we ask in your holy name. Help that desire, God, to remain, not just for tonight, but God, let it remain each and every day, God, that we walk, each and every day we awaken. Help us, God. Help us to have that hunger, Lord, that leads us and directs us, we pray. In Jesus' name tonight, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, God, in your name. Oh, God, move us, Jesus. Move us tonight, God. Let your spirit, God, direct us, Lord, we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, hallelujah. Jesus, let your will be done. That your will be done, God, in your body, we pray. That we may be whole and complete. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have one last prayer we want to pray, and then we'll let you, let you out of here. I'd like for us to pray for Pastor tonight because he has to take this information and he has to know what to do with it. And without God helping him, he won't know what to do with it. But I believe God's going to help him. I believe God's going to give him wisdom. He's going to help him. He's going to be able to plug us in where we need to be. So let's pray. Let's pray for Pastor and for God's help tonight. Lord, we pray tonight, God, for Pastor. We're asking, Lord Jesus, that you could help him, God. Help him, God, to have the counsel of the Lord. Uh, God, we need your counsel, Jesus. We pray for Pastor God to receive the counsel that comes from you. You're the head, God, and we need the head speaking to our head, to our leader here, God. We're asking, Lord Jesus, that you would give him wisdom, God, and and help him, Lord Jesus, to know what to do with this information, God, that's being received. Help him know, God, how to, how to approach the, the different ones and the different areas, God, that their expertise is in. And be able, God, to uh, plug them into some part or some function, God, within the church that's going to be a blessing here, that's going to help, that's going to strengthen, that's going to encourage, that's going to bless, that's going to expand the body, that's going to help the body become stronger. That's going to help the body and assist the body, God, in becoming what it is intended to be. This year, God. This year, God. Hallelujah. That can't happen without you, Jesus. We know that. We acknowledge that tonight. And that's why we seek your counsel, God. That's why we seek your, your help, God. Hallelujah. Bless Pastor God. Lift him, we pray, Jesus. 
Help him, God, to be, to be able to stand, God, in this time, Lord. To be able to know what to do. And to do it, God, without fear. To do it without favor. But to do it, God, because it's what your spirit is speaking to him. Ah, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So be it, God, we pray. So be it in the name of Jesus. So be it, God, unto the pastor tonight. So be it, God, we pray. Hallelujah. And we ask it for your glory. Hallelujah. For your glory, God, that we might glorify you. You who are worthy, precious Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Jesus, tonight. God, we thank you for everyone that's here. We thank you, God, for everyone that's a part of this assembly, God, and for what they're going to be in you, for the, the power of God that's going to be revealed in their lives and the Spirit of God that's going to be able to work through them in their capacity, God, that you have placed them with tonight. We trust in you. We believe in you, God. Hallelujah. We hold on, God, to this, this hope and this promise, God, in you. We believe you tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give all praise and honor to you, God, because it is all on you, Jesus. You're the head. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And I guess that's all. That's all I got anyway. I don't know if it's all God's got, but it's all I got. Thank you so much for being here again. We do appreciate that. And please do fill these out and turn these in as soon as you can. If you, um, if you want to, just bring them up here. Yeah. Praise God.